Miami Hurricanes have added enough pieces to their offense through the transfer portal that they're at least going to be respectable this year. But how good can the Canes O actually be? Let's ask a former Miami Hurricanes starting quarterback. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much to the everydayers for making Locked On Canes your first listen each and every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college, and when you enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. So, wanted to bring in show favorite. It's been way too long since Malik Rozier has joined us. Former Canes QB1. Good morning, Malik. How are you? I'm great. How about you? I'm doing so well, man. And there's so much to talk about here as we're, I think, now 79 days away from college football. So it's going to be here before we know it. And I look at what the Hurricanes have done with their offense, not only with all the coaching changes, right? New OC and quarterbacks coach, new running backs coach, uh, new wide receivers coach, but also a lot of new personnel. Okay, Miami adding receivers like Tyler Harrell, who's got that blazing speed in the transfer portal. Shamar Kirk, who's a very good all-around guy out of JUCO. You add a new running back in A.J. Allen from Nebraska, who I really like, and I think low-key low he's going to turn a lot of heads. New starting offensive linemen like Javion Cohen from Alabama, Matt Lee from UCF. Uh, Miami is surrounding Tyler Van Dyke with talent. So Malik, last year, 19.4 points per game. One of uh, the most stale Miami offenses I've watched, my probably the most stale of my lifetime in my 38 years. Uh, do you think Miami has added the type of pieces that can make a difference this year? And how much better could this offense be with Tyler Van Dyke as the starting quarterback? Yeah, so I think, one, they did a very, very good job of adding offense alignment. You know, obviously, Tyler does have the ability to run. And we saw that a little bit last year where he got some first downs like third and four, third and five. But he's not someone that is like a Nikosi Perry or even, you know, like a De'Ara King where they're super agile. And if an offensive lineman makes, you know, misses a block where, you know, TBD can make that miss, Tyler can, but that's not his like go to style. So, you know, first thing was adding the offensive lineman that can give him time because when you give him time and we saw what he did his first year, he was lighting teams up, he was throwing deep balls. So I think that was the first thing that, you know, Mar was trying to address. Okay, if, if I know I have a guy that is a great pocket passer, kind of like a Brad Kaya, how do I how do, how do I make him excel? Number one is give him time to scan the field. So I love that. And then obviously, you know, we talked about some of the, the weapons that they added. To me, I think that's huge. You go back and look at the Alabama teams. We'll look at the Ohio State teams. We'll look at the LSU teams. I mean, what, the last three or four years, Ohio State has had a first-round receiver in the last two or three drafts. Um, go back and look think about LSU with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Go think about Alabama with all the receivers that they had. Um, that's kind of where it starts too. So obviously I love the offensive line, the protection, because you do have a good quarterback. We just got to protect him. And now you're adding speed. We, you know, Tyler runs a 4240. Then you have a guy like Shamar that is super consistent. I think that's the thing that, you know, Miami was missing last year. And I'll say that I was blessed enough to kind of have my safety valve. I had Braxton Berrios. I knew that was a guy, if he had two people on him, and as long as I put it somewhere where to hit his hands, he would catch it. I think that was something that, Obviously, Kobe Young came around last year towards the end, but Tyler didn't have that, you know, from the start to the beginning or, or yeah, from the start to the end. 
Um, and I think that's something that he's going to have this year with some of the guys getting older, obviously with Kobe Young coming back, you're having, you know, young guys like Jacoby George playing better. And then you add the transfer portal guys that's only going to do nothing but push, you know, the guys that were there last year to become better, become more consistent. Um, because these guys from the portal are going to be hungry. You know, they transferred to play. They didn't transfer to sit on the bench. So the guys that are currently on the roster, they understand that. Um, so it's just going to elevate everyone's game. And I think that's the biggest thing that Mario is trying to do is bring the best competition in because you'll have guys that um, are very talented, but because they're not getting pushed, they're only going to stay at a certain level. Uh, to me, the best example was Jake Fromm. Think about this. Jake Fromm beat out Justin Fields. Jake Fromm beat out J J uh, Jacob Eason. As soon as he had no one to compete against him his last year, he didn't play as well. And a lot of it is that mm. some people are just highly competitive guys. And you, you hear about the old Canes guys talking like, hey, it was harder on Green Tree than it was in the games. And that was because the level of competition every day was so high that they always had to be competitive. And that's something that, like, I appreciate Mario for doing that. And that's what I see a lot of um, in the offensive portal side, obviously. You know, something uh, I am opening up today's episode to questions from our listeners. We got a lot of good ones in our subtext community. And if you guys want to join our SMS community, you can click a link in the show description below completely free for the first 14 days for the first 14 days. And then if you want to opt in four ninety nine a month after that, we give you a lot of added value on their breaking news, one on one show previews and stuff. But, you know, something you were talking about there, Malik, reminded me of a question we got from Derek in Nashville. When you talk about, you know, quarterbacks pushing each other um you know Derek is wondering if Miami should have added a fourth scholarship quarterback in the portal and he wants to know in your opinion if Emery and Jakari Brown what are you hearing or seeing regarding their development and do you think Jakari Brown can push Tyler Van Dyke who's you know the incumbent starter but can Jakari push him to be better kind of what you talked about there with Fromm yeah I I definitely think so and I would say I would not be surprised if Jakari Brown still had some third and one, some red zone packages. I mean, he is by far the most athletic kid on the offense. Maybe not the fastest, obviously. We had Tyler. Tyler's probably the fastest. When you talk about someone that is big, strong, physical, can run fast, long strides, make people miss, um, Jakari is someone that I think he will have plays that he is in the game. Um, and I think he will push Tyler. You know, I, I think it is a brotherly love, but it's also a competitive nature. Um, inside all of them. And obviously we've seen what Emory can do. Emory is very accurate. Um, so I think he's going to have a lot of young guys. That I don't think it's going to be overly pressured where it's like they're going to take my job. But it's also like, hey, I'm the old guy. I got to set the standard. And I have two young guys that can spin it, that are athletic, that can make plays. And so I got to show them each and every day that I'm the better quarterback, that I'm the old guy, that I run this room. So I think that's the kind of mindset that will be more is like Tyler setting the standard. And, you know, the guys underneath him, you know, there'll be times where they're going to go two for two, three for three, four for four. And Tyler has to kind of do the same thing, which I think he wants. You know, if you're a real competitor, it's one reason why you come to Miami and you want that. You want, you know, young guys that are pushing you to make you better because – to me, I think you're only going to be as good as the people around you and who you surround yourself with. Well, and by the way, we got a good question I want to get to on the other side. Uh, in addition to Tyler Van Dyke, which other playmakers on Miami's offense are going to benefit most from Shannon Dawson's offense, which should be a lot more open and a lot more fun to watch with those air raid principles. And mm -hmm. I also I want to ask Malik, how much Kool-Aid is he drinking heading into next year? Because, you know, I'm. I'm very conservative with this stuff. I haven't even given out a win-loss prediction yet for next season. I'm not sure if Malik subscribes to that, if he's taking a look <laughs> at the schedule. So I want to get into that and more. Bottom line, folks, we've got QB1 with us, Malik Rozier, and we are only getting started. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. I've got my bird dog shorts on today. 
They make me look good. They make me feel good. And they're so perfect for summer, guys. Summer in South Florida, these shorts breathe. These shorts stretch. Bird Dog Stretch Khaki Shorts, they are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and give your leg a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog Shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but I'm telling you, they fit way better. I've tried both. They fit way better than those regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton because Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like the khaki, but it stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs also uses anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric. Believe me, I need that down here in the South Florida heat. It keeps you cool and dry all day long. So, folks, go to birddogs.com slash college. And if you enter our promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, you get a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. I use this thing every day as well. Keeps my drinks cold. Uh, it's great. That's birddogs.com slash LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. For the everydayers, uh, we'll probably track down Larry Bluestein before the week is over. And also before the week is over, we're going to preview the upcoming weekend of official visits because Miami has it's not as big a list as last week, but a couple of really important players, including five-star Justin Scott and four-star running back Kevin Riley, are going to be on campus this week. So we're going to talk about that throughout the rest of the week. So the everydayers, you will be rewarded. And for those with us today, Malik Rozier, former starting quarterback at Miami, is here. So, you know, Malik, five and seven last year. We talked about the improvements to the offense. I think Miami's also improved their defense a lot as well. For They've sure. added, I mean, a ton of new cornerbacks and new linebackers to try and create more depth. You know, I look at the schedule this season and some of the tougher games, of course, uh, Texas A&M at home. Miami will be underdogs in that game. Uh, you've got North Carolina on the road. You got Clemson at home. You got Florida State on the road. NC State on the road is going to be a tricky one as well. So you've got, you know, you Louisville as well, right? Yeah, my I think I think, I think that Louisville. one's at home. Yeah, so. that one's at home. That one that one's going to be a good one too because uh, Louisville does not have the strongest schedule. And I'll say sometimes you can have a team that isn't as talented but has a ton of confidence that's playing well that things are clicking and they're going to be a tough team. So I think Louisville is going to be a game that like they're going to have a pretty good record coming into uh, South Florida. So right there, that's at least six games that are going to be really tough next year, Malik. So uh, are you are you drinking the Kool-Aid? Because I, I see when I get comments on YouTube, I see anything ranging from, oh, we're going to be five and seven again, just cancel the program. It's going to be terrible to people who are like, I see 11 wins, Dono. I see 11 wins. I get some of those as well, Malik. How much do you think, uh, how much better is this team going to be? Yeah, I would say that, I think a mediocre season for us should be around eight and four. Um, to me, I think that 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 will be okay. Like that's a good start. I think with some of the older guys that we have, a lot of the experience, obviously um, Mario's experience, the staff that he brought in, like I think there'll be some games that, you know, will win. Um, I think a really good year. I think there's one or two teams that it's to me personally, so coming down to our defense, um, obviously in the ACC, we have some very, very good quarterbacks like Drake May, you know, obviously FSU has a good quarterback with Travis. And so, you know, the defense ability to keep those teams under 30 points is going to be really, really important. So that's where I think that, like, 
for me, I've always said, you know, offenses win you games, defenses win you championships. And if we're trying to push for the ACC, we're going to have to have our defense play really, really good because the ACC is an offensive type of uh, conference. I would say the SEC is more defense. Obviously, their offense is coming around, but the ACC for a very long time has been known for an air raid, has been known for, you know, having really good quarterbacks that get drafted very high. Um, and so I think that, you know, having a solid defense, which is why I'm glad they added so many defensive backs, yeah. you know, yeah, the defensive backs is going to be huge. When we play some of these teams, they're going to throw the ball 30, maybe even 40 times versus us. Um, so that's where I think that, you know, if our defense can play solid and we can have some turnovers like we did when I played, there'll be a couple of games that we sneak in and win, which I'll be excited about. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that defense because Miami added four corners in the transfer portal, and at least three of those guys can compete for a starting spot, mm -hmm. if not all four, because I'm not sleeping on Jaden Davis either or Jadeus Richard. Devontae Brown, I think, will start, and I like Demetrius Freeney, who they just added mm -hmm. out of Juco. Miami's added some important linebackers. I'm not sleeping on K.J. Cloyd. Because uh, oh, the more yeah. I the yeah, more I watch of KJ Cloyd, the more I'm like, okay, this is at the very least a solid depth piece. Francisco Maui Goa probably will start oh, at Mike yeah. linebacker. So I mean, I listen. This defense, uh, may, maybe they could have done a little bit more at defensive tackle and at safety, but I think this defense is going to be a lot better, Malik. Yeah, I think the safety spot we're fine. Obviously, depth mm -hmm. always helps. Yeah. But I think we have two of the top safeties in the country. I'm not worried there. And and the biggest reason why I like the corner spot. It's just because I, I think personally, whenever we play like FSU, North Carolina, teams like that, we're probably going to go a little more nickel. So we'll probably have, you know, three defensive backs, two linebackers. So adding, you know, three or four DBs really helps us because I think, you know, whenever I play, I, I remember Corn Elder always playing that dime and nickel position, being really, really good covering slot guys. Um, so that's where I can see, you know, one of those corners transitioning into kind of, hey, you'll be the second, third string corner, but you'll be our starting nickel. Um, so that's where I think a lot of those guys will benefit from having so many defensive backs is because we play in such an air raid offense. I love it. Um, so I wanted to get back to the offense with this question. A question from Colby um, who says, hey, in your opinion, which players specifically, other than Tyler Van Dyke, of course, do you see benefiting from Shannon Dawson's new offense heading into this year? Because it, it is obvious with TVD because Dawson's his quarterback's coach. You know, with the air raid principles, that should be very beneficial to Tyler Van Dyke. But, you know, as far as we look at running backs, tight ends, receivers, who else do you think can really benefit from this new offense? Yeah, so the two positions, and I think one's a person, the next is a position. So the one person I think is going to benefit from the most will be Xavier Restrepo. Oh, yes. um, you talk about someone that is outrageously smart. Dawson is a pure air raid where obviously they teach a lot of route combinations. But if I had a guess, he probably teaches a lot of spacing. So finding grass, understanding zone, understanding where the weak points are on the defense. So, hey, you know, you're running across, it's cover two. Once you get to the hash, you should probably throttle your route because there's going to be someone over there. So, like, the small nuances, the small attention to detail, I think it, that's what makes Xavier Restrepo thrive. You know, he isn't the fastest on the team. He isn't the biggest. But when you watch him run routes, his routes are super clean. He does a great job of stemming. He does a lot of things right, which as like an offensive coordinator, when you're trying to run a pure air raid, you need those type of guys that really, really understand coverage. He reminds me, again, a lot of Braxton Berrios, you know, um, someone that as to me is undervalued. But when you look at him, he plays a huge, huge part in the offense. And without him, a lot of things don't function properly. So I think Xavier Estrepo is one. And secondly, I think the running back room, you talk about a guy, Mario, that he added a new line. So you're talking about bigger guys, stronger guys up front. Obviously, Mario wants to be a run game. But when you go back and look at the way Dawson 
uh, runs his offense, the running backs have a huge part in the pass game. You know, you're going to see a lot of swing passes. You're going to see probably some screen game out to the running back. So, you know, I think if you're a running back and you're looking at this offense, this offense lets you not only run the ball a lot, but show that you can have hands. Because if you're trying to transition into the NFL, you got to show not only can you run it, but you can also catch it out the backfield with how prevalent the pass game is. So that's why I really like this offense. I think that, you know, Xavier Strap on really the running back group. Um, to me, should have the two biggest benefits with the offensive line and obviously the way that Dawson um, likes to just get the ball in and out of the quarterback's hands really fast. Get this question in our subtext community from Salty Warrior. I don't know if we can fully answer this until we actually get into the season, Malik, but he says, uh, I would like to hear about the cohesiveness of this team. Last year, coaches didn't seem to be communicating well, and obviously that had an effect on players, he said. Uh, how on how they were coached and developed he says is this staff now cohesive and players and coaches with the the one team one fight type of attitude so again I don't know if we're really going to know I'm seeing signs of it Malik in the offseason we're not really going to know until they face a little adversity during the season but I'm sure you can speak on how important that is Malik like you know when it comes to having a cohesive locker room and you know a lot of players left and were replaced after last year a lot of coaches left or were fired and replaced from last year. How important is it to have that cohesiveness uh, from your coaching staff? Um, to me, I think that's probably the most undervalued part of college football, especially when you're talking about adding in a lot of new pieces. Um, you know, again, a lot of times people aren't reinventing the world when they're talking about, hey, we're going to do a slide protection left, slide right, whether it's, you know, half the line slides, half the line's playing man. You know, a lot of times, you're not doing anything crazy. Obviously, there are some coaches that, you know, have unique offenses. But for the most part, a lot of people coach the same things. Um, and so when you're talking about guys that aren't communicating, that is very hard because now you're sending mixed messages to the players. And the biggest thing I'll say is that a lot of these players, if you start sending mixed messages, it does very much confuse them. And so one thing I'm just glad about is that, you know, Dawson is in the quarterback room. At the end of the day, like that's that's where you need your offensive coordinator. You want him with your general. You know, you want him with the guy that is communicating to the offense. Because at the end of the day, when the play is actually being ran, the coaches aren't on the field. It is the quarterback. And the quarterback is basically the voice of the OC. Um, and so I know, you know, at least with having Coley and Mark Rick always in the room with me, if I had questions, if I needed things answered, if I, you know, said, hey, coach, I don't like this. This is why, like, I think this coverage will really affect this play. Rick was able to sit down, explain to me and tell me why it wouldn't. And there was a couple of plays. We was like, OK, we're going to scratch it. I understand why you don't like it. They run that coverage a couple of times. We're not going to run it. And, or maybe we make an adjustment. Hey, we're going to change this route. So now in case they do run that coverage, now it affects it. And that was stuff that I felt like last year. You know, Tyler is a very cerebral guy. He is very smart. He's very intellectual. And I think that was a part that he was slowly missing. Um, and that's just coming from my point of view. I haven't actually asked him that. Um, but I think what having Dawson in there and the likable person that Dawson is, I think it will really, really have an effect on TBD and the, and the offense in general. We are getting some great insight here from former Miami Hurricanes starting quarterback Malik Rozier. We're going to keep it going on the other side. And we have a, a question I'd love to hear Malik's take on as to how beneficial it can be for Tyler Van Dyke to have an offensive coordinator who is also the quarterback's coach and how that can simplify things. So you want to keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, we're available free on YouTube. If you want to take your everyday or experience to the next level, join our exclusive SMS texting service through subtext. I am including the link in the show description below. And, of course, people who are members of our subtext group, uh, we're asking some of your questions to Malik Rozier today. 
And uh, in, in one of those, Malik, we get this question from Brett. And Brett, by the way, is a firefighter, so we appreciate everything he does in the community. He says, uh, how beneficial do you think it is for the offensive coordinator to also be the quarterback's coach? He says there seemed to be some disconnect last year, you know, between the OC, who was not the quarterback's coach, and the quarterback's coach. So how much can this situation with Dawson help Tyler? Yeah, you know, that – it, it was a huge disconnect, and I'm and I'm taking this from just my personal opinion and how I kind of looked at it is, you know, if I'm a quarterback and let's say let's say you're the OC, Dono, so you're the OC, and I'm in a meeting room and I want to ask someone else, hey, why are we running this play? How does it affect that coverage? We also got to understand that when Ponce came last year, Ponce was never with Gaddis, so just as fast as Tyler Van Dyke was learning the offense. Ponce was also trying to learn the offense. And now you have someone that is trying to teach your field general a new offense that he's learning through Gaddis's progressions. So like that to me is where like, you know, sometimes maybe I don't want to say Ponce was trying to do anything, but maybe Ponce was like, hey, do this. And then in reality, there was something different. So to me, that could have been some disconnect. Um, just to me, a lot of times you you need the general in there and the offensive coordinator is that. And again, the the quarterback is the is basically your your form of speaking because when you're on the field when it comes to checks when it comes to adjusting plays when it comes to in practice when you know the coaching kind of stops stuff and, and and change it that's where the quarterback in a live game has to do that for you and when you're talking about someone as an offensive coordinator that knows the ins and outs and knows spacing that knows every little nook and cranny of his playbook he should be with the quarterback the guy is basically that that's his voice on the field um and i and i think that that's what's really going to help tvd i think that was something he was missing last year um, especially when you're trying to learn a new offense. You know, if it was an offense that was he's known for three or four years, then that's something that maybe I could see. But when you're talking about a new offense, a new field, learning people, um, you know, one thing that, that people also got to understand is as much as playbooks help and as much as playbooks work, you also need a coach that people want to play for, that people like to play for. You know, that guy that at the end of the day, like you don't want to come to the sideline and disappoint them because you know how much time, effort, energy, everything that they put into you, the playbook, your teammates, um, that was something, too, that I felt like was also a disconnect last year. Um, and I don't think that is going to happen this year with Dawson. I think that not only does like TBD like him, but all the quarterbacks from everyone I've talked to, from receivers, tight ends, they all love Dawson, his energy, his personality. So I think that's something that, you know, goes very undervalued. We're talking about guys playing for each other and also playing for the coaches. We got a, a question from John, who's uh, and I want to thank John for his service because he's a, a former U.S. Marine. Uh, he wants to know because you've talked about this before, Malik, on the show, and you are a quarterbacks coach, and you, you've worked a little bit with Tyler Van Dyke before. So he said, uh, "Where did the idea of working with TVD come about, and how did you get connected with Tyler initially?" Yeah, so the idea was just the fact that you know I met Tyler once or twice whenever I was actually playing. He was getting recruited. Um, I saw he was big. Obviously, I saw that um, he had a lot of potential, but I just knew that, you know, in South Florida and he was from Connecticut, I didn't know if he necessarily had a trainer. Um, and so that's kind of when I reached out. That was when he was with Sean O'Dare um, at, at, at first round management. Sean O'Dare was a previous player. So I said, hey, Sean, you have connects to Tyler. Can you ask him if he has any trainers as, as you know, I would love to train him, help him out, give him, you know, all the help that I can. And uh, that's kind of how we got connected. That's awesome. A couple of shout outs that came in from Malik. This one might even make him blush. Uh, we read the question earlier from Derek in Nashville and Derek in Nashville said, hey, on a side note, I've had the pleasure of spending a bit of time with Malik in Alabama when he did a camp there. Outstanding young man, kind of man I'd want my daughters to date. 
Uh, thank you, but yeah, I'm not dating right now. I'm uh, got lots of to focus on, but I appreciate you. <laughs> How about that? Uh, and we get a shout out. Uh, and and by the way, I find anyone who's ever met Malik and and spent time with them always has nice things to say. Uh, here's a shout out from Paul who says, "Hey, tell Malik." that Paul Erickson thanks him for the 2017 season. Tons of exciting games and massive moments in Kane's football history. Malik left it all on the field, and his Kane and the Kane's fandom, he says, is forever grateful. And yeah, Malik, I mean, listen, uh, I I'm glad you were a part of that. I wish we'd had a 10-win season more recently than 2017, <laughs> but that's that's like the last great memory that a lot of us have to hold on to. So thank you. We'll get back soon. And, and, and it is a process, you know, that's one thing that like you'll, you'll see with certain programs is they have up years, they have down years. Um, but, you know, and being in college football, obviously I was with Miami after I played and I was with Georgia for a year, the recruiting process, you know, that to me is, is what wins you games long-term. And that to me is the biggest difference that I see Um Obviously with Mario, but but even with the way they recruit, how they recruit, you know, the technology they use to recruit it is it is a it's a lot more than what it previously was. And so that to me is where, like, I have a lot of respect and I know that at least we're heading the right direction. I know, you know, some fans, they think about this year or last year saying, hey, you know, if we don't have eight and four, if we don't go at least seven and seven, we're done. No, it, it's a process. It takes time. Rome wasn't built in a day, but at least we have a guy that understands the process and he's doing everything the right way. So at least when it comes from someone that, you know, I can at least say, hey, I know that he did everything he could in the best manner. Uh, that's what I give at least Mario a lot of respect for. He 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 works his ass off. And so I'm uh, very excited to see what he can build. You guys hear the great analysis that we can get from Malik Rozier on this show. You want to check out his show. He does the Malik Rozier show, which kind of like our show, it's available on YouTube and it's available for audio download as well. And Malik, I, uh, I've watched a couple of your episodes, including there was an episode where I, I somehow won a prize. <laughs> <laughs> on your show yes 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 <laughs> and so, so, and, and i can you tell you and you can talk yes, about that this weekend yeah. you i have your hat it is it is waiting for you it's actually in the other room over there so nice. i have your hat it has a whole bunch of signatures from the guys so uh i'll, I'll send you the post it was a whole bunch of us like me tbd xavier wow. um dj gilbert fryers and we were playing golf and so they signed the hat um, but the hat's yours, so congrats on that one. That That's one made me crazy. laugh because I was like, out of everyone, <laughs> it would be Dono that won. Yeah, and he used like a totally random drawing. Like I can assure you guys it was not rigged. Like this contest yeah. was not rigged. So Malik, if you don't mind, when I come into possession of that hat, I want to pay it forward and uh, and and give uh, and give one of my viewers or listeners a chance to win that because I, I feel like something like that that belongs to the people. Like, I feel like I shouldn't hold on to that. I feel like I, I should give uh, I should give a lucky Canes fan a chance to win that. Yeah, uh, and so, yeah, so th that was entertaining. And then I kind of went on a rabbit hole after I was watching that episode. I watched some more of your stuff. And of course, as people know, when you're on this show, you break things down in football terms so well that even idiots like me can understand, like the way you break it down. So talk a little bit about when people can find your show and where they can find it. Yeah, so like like Dono said, it's on YouTube at the Malik Rozier Show. It's also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, most of the streaming apps as well. Um, and then if you guys also want to hang out for me, um, I own a company. You can see one of the shirts. So this is my business partner's uh, NFT. Um, but for this year, we actually own a luxury box for the 2023 season. So for all the home games, Clemson, A&M, Louisville, um, Bethune-Cookman, Temple, uh, we have a box suite. My Twitter is at the bottom. Thank you, Dono, for linking that. If you guys want to reach out to me via Twitter, I can send you guys more information. Um, it will be fun. I'll have alumni. Like last year, I had, you know, like Amon Richards. I had Kim Harris. I had Daryl Langham. Um, I had a whole bunch of, you know, uh, like ethnic sands, some older guys. John Beeson came by. 
Um, but this year we're going to try to do it bigger and better and have two or three guys. So if you guys want to hang out with myself, some alumni, obviously food and beverage and a view of the game, um, please reach out to me as uh, we have all that available for you for next year's season or for a full season coming up. Yeah, that is the way to go. And like you said, make sure you follow Malik on Twitter. It's at Malik Rozier 12. Malik, always a great time when you're on. Thank you so much. We'll have to do it again soon. Nah, thank you for having me, Don. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks, everyone, for watching and for listening. Be sure if you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button, hit the like button, subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening to the audio version, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, Odyssey app, wherever you get your pods, make sure to subscribe. And we will talk to you again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.